business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about the future of marketing and financial services with Michael LaCarraza, Director of Advertising and Brand Management at TD Ameritrade, a leading investment firm focused on helping individual investors meet their financial goals. At TD Ameritrade, Michael runs all things digital, including media, creative, as well as the public-facing website, tdameritrade.com. In 2009, he joined TD Ameritrade from Digitas, where he served as Vice President and Group Director and led client relationships in a diverse set of industries, including General Motors, AOL, and Intercontinental Hotels. Previously, Michael served as VP of Marketing Program Development for Marriott Hotels and as Creative and Brand Strategy Manager for Toyota Motor Sales with Lexus. Michael received his MBA in Marketing from California State University and his undergraduate degree from Pepperdine University. You can connect with Michael on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash I-N forward slash La Carraza. That's L-A-C-O-R-A-Z-Z-A. It's great to have you on Market Edge. Michael, welcome. Thank you, Glenn. It's wonderful to be here. Okay, so real quick, I want to quickly note that the opinions expressed during the conversations are Michael's and not that of TD Ameritrade. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's jump right in. Great. Michael, tell us, tell us a bit about your work with TD Ameritrade. What are some of the projects that you've got going on? Uh, well, we've got a few things in the hopper right now. Um, and, and the way we kind of run our business is we have our day-to-day operations in terms of how we drive acquisition of new clients through our ecosystem. And then we have typically two or three different experiments going on at any time, which could include things like media and technology, uh, dynamic creative, for example. So right now, um, there are a few things that I have happening. So one is around experimentation with dynamic creative and, and display and how that's performing. We have different ways in for that. Um, we're also doing some interesting things with, with Facebook for acquisition, um, bidding it real time through an API uh, with a partner. So it's, uh, we're, we're getting some interesting learnings from that. That's fascinating. Now, you guys have been, TD Ameritrade has been a real leader in the online and digital space. Can you talk a little bit about how online digital and social are building the brand, both as a communications medium, but also a mechanism for really creating and implementing your marketing strategy. Right, right. So we built our business around digital service delivery, coupled with you know real human guidance and relationships through our branches, physical branches, as well as, as on the phone 24-7. And from a media spend perspective, digital represents a substantial share of our investment. So um, everything that we do there has an impact on our brand. Everything we do there has an impact on consideration and driving uh, our acquisition efforts. 
and um, and so it's just it's part of our DNA, um, which which is such a wonderful place to be these days. Uh, in contrast to some other some other companies that um, that I've experienced in the past, where digital was more of an emerging thing that was uh, not an afterthought, but something that they had to transition to from a from a traditional offline space. It's great. Any good examples, um, the, a recent one or one that you're especially proud about for showing and proving that impact on the on the brand with consumers? Yeah. So a couple of things. So you know, one we we just concluded this this um, investment that we did with MSN called the Invested Life, and it was the first online reality show for personal finance, finance where we paired your real-life investors who are typical TD Ameritrade-type customers with coaches to help them navigate through their particular financial situations and, and enable them to make some good decisions on their own and set their future. And we tracked them, and um, you know, we kind of had this chronology of how the story unfolded included just regular people, included some professional athletes. It was a really neat thing. And there was a whole social aspect of it, too, with the participants tweeting and blogging and, and doing video blogs as well. Um, and we got some great brand uh, lift perceptions there as, as well as some you know, amazing engagement with consumers. So we hear a lot, as a great example, and following up, we hear a lot of companies and senior executives sometimes saying that Facebook thing or social media is – um, for teenagers or for young adults. Can you talk, you mentioned earlier on now, a couple of different examples, the Facebook bidding. Talk a little yeah. bit about why that's so right for your customer target. Yeah, so, you know, what's interesting is that if you think about the historical way um, humans have interacted with each other on word of mouth, it's been through the face-to-face -face relationships, right? And you might talk to your neighbor about the car that he purchased and what his experience is like. And for the most part, those kinds of very intimate conversations around personal finance and the selection, in our case, of the, per, of the company that they do their investing with is, is not necessarily something that you're completely comfortable with um, in a face-to-face -face relationship with you know, acquaintances and friends, people at the office. But what's happened is the technology around social has enabled that to be immensely possible where people can anonymously get that kind of information from um, peers, from, from other people that have experienced those brands, and with immense amount of scale. And, and what we're finding is that um, our prospect of customers and our clients alike are seeking out these kinds of communities and these kinds of um, areas within you know, the broader social ecosystem to get that kind of information to help them make decisions. And so it's becoming a more fundamental part of why they would choose us or, or any other firm for that matter. It's really interesting. And so an obvious question is you, for better or for worse, are in a regulated industry. And I'm sure, and I can hear it in your voice, your stories, the energy around connecting with your customers and prospects. But you've got a legal and regulatory, not only team, but set of responsibilities. How do you, given what you set up, how do you make that work um, without getting in the way of what you want to do as a marketer, but at the same point being true to uh, the requirements from a legal and regulatory standpoint? That's a great question. And um, what we're finding is that uh, we, we were, you know, the, as an industry, I guess, being regulated, the, the, we're, we're sort of slow to really embrace the power of social media and engage it fully, embrace it. Part of that is because our principal regulator, FINRA, had not set clear rules of engagement for us. What kind of information do we need to archive? What kinds of 
posts are we responsible for versus what we're not responsible for. So, for example, if a, you know, if you're in a community and somebody posts something, um, they're not a client. Are you are you accountable for what they what they said just because it was part of your community that you that you set up, for example? So, um, but that that has kind of shifted, and um, the way we're thinking about it and the way we're operating is we bring our compliance and our legal teams way upstream in the process for the fundamental change that we want to make. It's really a sea change in how we're going to be engaging in social media. And, um, and so the, it's a spirit of collaboration and partnership. So how do we do this versus what you can and can't do? You know, here's the vision. What do you think? What, how, how, what kind of systems, what kind of technology do we need to put in place? What kind of manpower do, you, do we need to have in place to manage this? What kind of um, talent do we need in an organization? What kind of agency partners do we need? What kind of content do we create? There are a lot of questions. And, um, and the, the legal regulatory team that helps us here is a big part of that process right up front. It's interesting that another regulated industry in pharmaceuticals, and I was talking to one of the senior marketers there, and they, the same topic, of course, came up with legal and regulatory from uh, this from the FDA. And the regulatory person said, I feel like my name is Dr. No, um, but what's different is she said when we're brought in early, we love to help create solutions. So it sounds like you guys are circling around the same concept, which is bring them in upstream to help to figure out how to help you as opposed to being downstream that. and feeling compelled to say no. That's exactly it. I think that's the key to success. Um, in an organization that has some complexity as well as regulatory oversight um, to, to navigate through these waters. And, and you also need a certain kind of attitude, right? I mean, we, we need a certain kind of openness and attitude on the marketing side, on the branding side, as well as our, as our legal teams and our compliance teams, and, and they do. So it's, it's really helpful, and um, we're in this together. We want to be successful as a team, and, um, and that's, how, that's how we approach it. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit to this um, mobile and location-based services. Uh, TD Ameritrade has been a pioneer in a lot of areas around engaging with customers. We talk a little bit about mobile first and how um, with the new trading applications, where do you see mobile fitting into the marketing strategy going forward? Yeah, mobile is amazing for us because I, actually I believe that we were the first firm to enable trading uh, on a mobile device, on a smartphone. We did it through a dot .movie site probably eight years ago. And then that evolved into... Um, applications, and now we have mobile applications for pretty much every single um, platform that's out there, including tablets. And, um, and what we're seeing is just amazing growth in adoption of the mobile platforms in, in terms of our customers doing business with us and, and actually even trading, not just checking their accounts or moving money or seeing what their positions are. They're actually trading and it's growing double digits and it's, it's, it's this revolution in and our, our belief is that, you know, the next five years or so, the desktop is going to cease to exist as we know, and it's all going to be around people on the go and how you serve that need. So we're doing a few things. You know, one is um, we're constantly evolving the product and, and, and designing it around what the customer needs is and even trying to anticipate that um, and, and making upgrades and, and downloads um, and, and features and so forth and form and usability. And then... The other side of it for us is, is mobile through mobile as in as an advertising and acquisition and branding, and um, and we look at that a, f a few different ways. That we're, we're trying to do from metrics perspective there is is get people to sample the product because you can download our products for free and sample them, 
And then we also we, we open accounts on mobile devices, which didn't used to happen. You know, back in the days when it was all BlackBerry and the interface was really poor, it was difficult, as you can imagine, to get through an application process for a brokerage account, mm-hmm. right? All the information that you have to collect. But what we're finding now is that's not the case anymore, especially with tablets. And in fact, um, in search, for example, 25% of all of our branded search now is on a mobile device. So we're there in a very big way, and we bid differently on all the platforms for search. And the other thing that's really interesting is we we used to believe that you had to send people to a mobile landing page to get them into the conversion process from a mobile device. And what we've done in search that's been really effective is just drive them right into the application from the from the ad. Um, and and the conversion rates got a tremendous lift. <laughs> so so we're now seeing you know efficient and scaled acquisition of new accounts on mobile devices. Where in the past it just wasn't feasible because the phones you know, the phone experience and the user experience didn't enable it, but now it does. We're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with Michael Lacaraza and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link-building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. 
Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Michael Lacaraza, the Director of Advertising and Brand Management at TD Ameritrade. So many organizations look at mobile as a, uh, a test in a and a bit of a experiment. It's pretty clear that this is core to the business model, certainly going forward. Um, did I get that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And from a metrics of success standpoint, from the CMO's view, um, you're looking at this not only um, as part of a brand campaign, but when you're talking about opening up accounts, that's a key metric in the way that you would normally measure the, the business outside of the mobile arena. That's exactly right. And, and so what we're finding is that um, we can actually generate efficient accounts with scale and quality through, through our mobile advertising efforts now, both in search and display, um, uh, which, which even just a few years ago wasn't really possible because of the technology wasn't there, but now it is. And so we're, our head is kind of spinning with all the options that you have, right? All the different mobile networks and all the ways that you can target devices and inside all the, you know, hundreds of thousands of applications and how you reach and the target and how you measure it. So, so we're, we're, um, we're, we're pressed to just kind of stay abreast of what all the different, um, you know, landscape changes are. In fact, a friend of mine that works in Boston, um, um, uh, it told me that he he had this this figure that there were something like 28 brand new mobile startups that had VC backing just in Boston alone in the last six months. Yeah. Some some number like that. So the whole space is just uh, getting a lot of attention. And you you said a you used a great word which was sampling. Can you just talk a little bit about what kinds of TD Ameritrade products or services you um, you are seeing customers sample? Yeah. So. Um, we have a couple of things that people are sampling in, in terms of mobile. Um, so one is um, the just our basic trading application that we have for any mobile device, whether it's a BlackBerry or iPhone or, or Android, for example. And, the, and then we have another one that's a little bit more specialized for options traders, kind of you know high high value, you know high technol high technically focused traders, which is manifests itself in our iPad app. Um, and then we have another one for the iPad that's through this company, iStock Manager, that we uh, that we manage. And um, and all of our applications, whether it's downloads um, on our mobile devices or even for our trading platform on a desktop, are available free of charge for our customers and for prospects to sample. Hmm. So we're seeing lots of downloads there. And for us, what we're seeing is that that's a way for people to get in and try risk-free, see if they like the experience, and then if they do, it's it's one more reason to choose us. Um, um, and you know, we st what we started was was just asking people to do that as a proxy, but now we have the confidence. We, we just ask for the business. We just ask them to open the account. Some people decide to to go through the channel of opening it, you know, downloading it first. Some people just go right to the account and then download it after. Mm -hmm. um, so so we really do both. Um, I take it one step further. Location-based services like a Foursquare or a Google Places or or Facebook. Uh, how do you see that being a part? now and in the future? Well, I think in terms of marketing overall, the power of geolocation is immense. I mean, e even well beyond the obvious kind of real-time couponing for what corner street corner you're standing on, right? <laughs> um, I, I just I, there, There's so much that can be done with there. You know, granted, there are going to be discussions around privacy and, and what that all means and what you're really opting in for, and that will right. settle itself out. And I, my sense is that people are going to be willing to give up a lot of privacy to get convenience and to get service. 
Um, that seems to be happening in a number of different arenas. For us, we, we haven't exactly figured out how knowing where the customer is at any given time is an advantage for us. Mm-hmm. Um, other than perhaps, um, you know, there, we do some things around specific target marketing, um, especially in search and other places where we, we, you know, we bid differentially on different geos. So um, when, when we are running geo-based campaigns, um, that could really help us in understanding, you know, pinpointing where people are. Um, but, uh, but we're not really sure for the brokerage space exactly what that all means, and that's, that's one of the things that, you know, we're probably going to need some help to figure out. Right, right. Makes sense for certain retail industries where the idea of knowing that someone's walking by that store, um, certainly the, the Starbucks or I think some of the recent moves with the hotel, your old world, um, yes. of getting a check-in and then getting points um, starts right. to add some value. And I know for me it was it was hard to rationalize why I would check in places because I didn't have the, re- the reciprocity of the value exchange, but it is starting right. to occur. Right, and um, in the hotel space, you can imagine that could be a room key at some point, a digital wallet. Absolutely. It could be a lot of different things. Very interesting. So um, let's, let's go to one of the challenges I think a lot of marketers run into. And again, you guys seem to be very progressive here, but the concept of a fixed amount of media pie, if you will, and how all of these pieces come together. Um, you've certainly uh, heard and, in, and are embracing this concept of paid and owned partner sponsorship and, and um, earned media. Um, how do you see the digital and social um, spaces or channels? You certainly outline search, but in the context of some of the, the offline or the mass um, channels for, for the brokerage space. Sure. Well, um, for us, you know, within the digital landscape, I'll just start there because it's the most familiar. Um, we have a, a very rich database in terms of what kinds of things work for us, down to the placement level, down to the creative unit, down to the search keyword, all those kinds of things. So on an acquisition basis, we can build from the bottom up what our what our budget level should be for those particular channels and sites and so forth and, and, and to efficiently acquire. And then what I, what I find is that um, – um, we really work hard to try and connect the dots on all of the other channels as well because um, uh, things like television and, and, and print to a lesser extent, but TV and some of the events that we do and some of the products, product launches that we have and you know, some of the PR events that we do, and I'll give you a couple of examples, drive the behavior at what you would typically call the lower part of the funnel, right? They drive the search. You can't just put all your media into search because you think it's the most efficient. So that's worked well for us is around product launches. So one that we just did recently um, in May was this product called Trade Architect, and it's a web-based trading platform. It's a really sophisticated but simple-to-use um, platform, and it's, it's pretty breakthrough. And we had everything coordinated down from our CEO doing interviews on CNBC and Bloomberg and all these other places to events in New York City to um, um, high-impact um, homepage takeovers on the major financial sites to you know, the Wall Street Journal print to you know, television and everything running. So it all came together you know, with a very coordinated um, tempo, and it helped just kind of you know, use the word launch, but but really like a slingshot, um, the adoption rates even among our clients and then using the acquisition offer just all came together so nicely. And, and even in a short period of time in what was considered us for us to be off-season essentially because after tax day is when things really mm-hmm. start to slow down and you get into summer. So we launched this thing out of season 
um, yet we've gotten tremendous traction on it. And I think, I think the way we the way we envisioned all of those pieces working together and blogger outreach and trial and you know a, you know media outreach with with uh, with barons and the like and getting getting that all to come together right around the same time was essential for for making that work. You know, it's interesting listening to you and thinking about some of your peer group in financial services and for your role you seem to have a bit of an advantage in that um, the organization has been at the leading edge with digital at the core and it sounds like that's gonna that allows you to um, expand quickly into things like mobile where it's part of the rhythm of the marketing as opposed to some other places where it is campaign-led, heavy, traditional, and then way downstream is digital. Do you, you've worked at a bunch of different places. Do you sense – is that an accurate representation of what you see internally versus some other places? Absolutely, and it was one of the things that really attracted me to join TD Ameritrade um, when they knocked on my door was that this – you know, this what I consider to be such a big part of the future of marketing. They were already experiencing, and they just needed some help in in taking it to the next level. And so you would have a big, broad digital runway here, and 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 it's such an exciting place to be. I mean, it always for almost all the companies that I worked, and even back in the days of Lexus, we did some amazing digital things. But it, it just it it was not it was not at the center of the universe. It was it was definitely. Um, far downstream in the process, you were focusing on all of your TV ads first, and what would run on, you know, your your prime placements and everything else was, uh, you know, pretty sort of nation back then um, in terms of what you would could even do digitally. So we're gonna have a little bit of fun because you're a high energy marketer. Um, so I'm gonna throw out a couple of. Um, uh, brands or applications, and I'd love your take whether you think they're um, a passing fad or there's some substance there. All right? Okay, sure. Let's have a little fun. Um, Google okay. Plus. Google Plus. Uh, jury's out. Some initially, initially promising signs. I think the market's reacting quite positively to it. Um, Google has not had a great deal of success with some of the social um, <laughs> kind of things it's tried in the past. Uh, I wouldn't count them out, but I wouldn't declare it a home run. It still needs to bubble out there, and you know the the the, the customers are going to decide if it's if it's a hit or not. Um, but I, th- I think the jury's out on that one. Okay, very fair. Um, we talked a little bit about it, um, but Foursquare. Foursquare. Uh, wow, that's tough. I, you know, my, the challenge I have with Foursquare is, I, I think that technologically what they do is duplicable. I mean, easily, if that's the right word. You know, it's, it's sort of like Groupon to me. Um, and, and a great idea, you know, they've generated some revenue, they've generated some buzz, but it seems like something that a lot of people can do. So if they, if they can find a way to, um, you know, scale that audience first um, and connect it to the, the e-commerce side, I think they could have, they could have something there. But it, it reminds me a little bit of like MySpace, you know, or Friendster. Or something. Those were the, those were these way before, before Facebook, but, but where are they now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about QR codes? Oh, boy. Well, it, <laughs> augmented reality and all that, boy, right. that was fun, right. wasn't it? I don't know. I, I, you know, when used appropriately, I think they can be valuable. 
Um, but right now, I, I, it's funny because I was on the subway yesterday um, on the way downtown, and way up at the top right corner of this ad in the subway was a QR code. And I thought, how am I going to get up there and get my phone there while the train is moving and get this QR code? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I think it's one of those things that a lot of marketers find fascinating and want to do, but they haven't necessarily figured out how, how and where to do it. If, if you, you, know, you mentioned value exchange previously in the conversation. I think if you can get something useful there where the customer gets more than just a link to a website, if, they're, if there's you know, unique information or access to something or they're you know, promotional or for co- companies that do sweepstakes or something, there's some value to it that makes it uh, – it's a way of sort of info capture on their run and it files somewhere great. Other than that, it, you know, it's, it's been a gimmick to date in a lot of applications. <laughs> uh, that- the subway sign reminded me of there was the uh, the bus ad on the side of the bus that had the QR code and yeah, again the same thing like awesome. how do I how do I get to that very interesting yeah um, it'd be, be fun to see a video of that you know <laughs> capturing that on a movie that's right bus. that's right so um, are there uh, other are there industries or brands that um, you guys as creative marketers take inspiration from? You look at what you know others are doing, and you say this is as a as a marketer of a brand like TD Ameritrade that you would love to pull in or or um, you know take some best practices because um, you're obviously a consumer and a and a dad as well. Um, anything pop to mind that uh, really has resonated with you? Boy, that's a tough question. Um, there are definitely some companies that we admire and that I that I personally admire. The challenge is that you know when you start to really list them, they sound so trite. You know, every, everybody seems to use Apple as an example, um, but they but they, you know but they really do have some magic there in terms of how they think about design and how they're willing to, to lead people versus try to do everything through you know committee and focus group. And I and I, I love the passion that they have around. Their product, and, and, and also it, it seems to be this is what I think is interesting about them. It's not so much that they make such a great product, right? That they, because lots of people can make phones and computers and so forth. I, my sense is that with them, it's about the why. I mean, what, why do they do what they do? That's what makes them interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something as a brand that I think, you know, I, I'd like to see us even do more of and bringing that to life because there's a, there's a purpose for why we do what we do in serving in individual investors and democratizing access and technology um, and, and, and bringing that to life in a way that, um, that is so distinct from other offerings in the marketplace, which I, I think are largely um, sort of commoditized in, in, in our space. And that's the one thing I admire about a company like that. That's you know, there's a there's a why behind they do what they do, not just that they have a great, sexy, successful product that's so hip. I think that is completely spot on. I um, I just saw a social media policy from Zynga, uh-huh. and it is unlike any social media policy that you would read, and it's completely on brand. It is a board game that you click on and move around a half dozen to a dozen different elements in a tone, in a tenor, in a way that is engaging, and you sort of go through it and you go, this is exactly what it should be. It's, it's akin to your Apple um, notion of, you know, when the iPod came out and their privacy or, or their legal disclaimer was, you know, don't steal. And right. <laughs> it's, right. just, it, it's a, 
um, just a fascinatingly on brand and, and is inspirational from the standpoint of uh, how do you infuse everything internally and externally with that that feel that um, you know again you'll you read the privacy policy and you're like that is so zynga it's so perfect um, yeah. and it's similar to Apple. Um, a quick question on social media policies and yeah. um, it's very well discussed. There's a variety of points of view. How do how does TD Ameritrade deal with social media policies for your employees? So, so the the first the first out of the shoot you know draft for that for us is, is basically you can't do anything unless we say you can do it. <laughs> you know, it's 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 sort of like that, um, and mainly because the company is liable for these things, and and so they have to be really careful. But but I think. What I what I anticipate could happen with us, and I'm hopeful that this will happen, is as we dis, as we figure out how we can really engage and play in this space and open it up. I, I could see a day where you know everybody at TD Ameritrade is talking about TD Ameritrade, right? Like some other companies can do that are unregulated. I I could see that happening. Um, we we have to get some things set up for us to enable that technologically as well as. Um, understanding the space. Not everybody has an equal um, knowledge base of how these things work. So I could see that changing. It's only going to go the other direction for us. You know, it's starting in the mm-hmm. most restrictive place, yep. and it's ultimately going to go the, you know, the other direction, and I think probably pretty aggressively in that direction at the right time. But we started in the most conservative place you can, which is, oh, my gosh, we gotta, we've got to contain the risk right now until we can get all of our ducks in a row um, that can help us meet the regulatory requirements that we need to meet. And then once we do, um, which, which I think technology is going to make that possible for us, um, um, we're going we're gonna, you know, to go out big, and, and we're going to be out there in a place where um, it, it's got a much, much broader way of, of, of reaching people. Makes a lot of sense, and I, I would expect that you'll probably start with areas like Certainly, your customer service group and and marketing, and I, I think it's interesting as it starts to hit all aspects of the of the business. Um, many of whom are undoubtedly already actively engaged in social media, and in a lot of respects, um, overtly or not, consciously or not, um, are ending up being brand ambassadors for TD Ameritrade. Yes. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. So you mentioned something about technology, and uh, as you expect that to to develop. Is there um, a specific technology or key trends that you see making the most profound change on the financial services business? It's hmm, a good question. Well, I, I think that the, that the social media forums that are out there that are going to continue to expand and change and evolve are going to have a profound impact on the business because it's going to essentially create its own um, form of transparency, um, which hasn't necessarily been the case for this sector at large if you consider everything from insurance companies and annuities to brokerages and banks and so forth. That hasn't always been the case. And, and I think that is a, is a great, has a great leveling effect. And what I love about it for us is that transparency is one of the core values of our brand is being open and honest with our customers and always knowing where you stand and what things cost and there's nothing hidden about what we do. And we strive to give all of the upfront information that we can at any given time. And so it, it's going to favor brands that operate that way, 
you know, that's not just about, well, how much money do we make today? And do we, you know, churning, churning trades and all these kinds of things, that's not who we are. So um, I think that's, that's a really, really powerful thing. And then when you couple that with mobile and customers being on the go, and then when you couple that with the um, amazing amount of access to highly, highly intelligent information around investing and research and, um, and thought leadership and helping people you know, make decisions and planning, uh, that's going to have, a, to me, a very profound impact on our business. Um, mm. and, and I think in a, in, a, in a way that accelerates it and not, doesn't hinder it in any way. So does that mean your chief technology officer is uh, best friends with your chief marketing officer? <laughs> well, it's funny. They're both new to the company. So, um, so they're getting acquainted quite quickly and, and, you know, they, they are, I'll tell you behind the scenes, they're already talking about how do we, you know, how do we move things forward in this, in a, in a, even a new spirit of partnership, them, them being new to the organization and also the imperative of, um, of how, how this all, how this all is coming together. So I, I see a lot of hope there. And I think in a lot of companies, um, that's, that spirit is not always apparent, and oftentimes, you know, one's a barrier to the other. Um, and, and not that we don't have work to do there. I think we do. On, you know, I have responsibility for that. A lot, a lot of us do. Um, but, but it's starting off in, in a kind of a new, refreshed place with, with this. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, hopeful that, I'm hopeful that we'll get there, but it's not going to be without some, diff- some, some new, way of, new ways of thinking about it ourselves. Right. Right, absolutely. Really, really interesting stuff. Um, is is there a service or a tool, something you, this is where you get to be your um, inventor, um, yeah. that didn't exist that you really wished would exist to help you in your role? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. This is this is a little bit farcical, but um, <laughs> but you know something that could actually beam me through the internet would would you know give me the gift of time, so <laughs> I could experience more of what the world has to offer, spend more time with my family, and spend less time on trains. Um, but uh, you know, all kidding aside, I mean, there's just I, I don't know that there's any particular need I have. I think I think I'm like everybody else that. Um, uh, the, the guys that are that are really inventive and thoughtful, they think of things I didn't know that I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I buy them, you know. So uh, I haven't found there's, you know, I, I'm pretty simple. There's not a lot of things that oh, I've got to have that. I've got to have that. But you know, anything that could really give me back the gift of time, um, I would pay for. How about that? How about that? It's probably being developed somewhere in MIT Media Lab. If there's <laughs> exactly if there's any place of where it is. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that um, we finished up. Okay. And um, thank you, Michael, for being my guest today. And thank you to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. You can visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. Thanks very much, everybody, and thank you again, Michael. Thank you for having me, Glenn. It's been my pleasure.